You know what time it is. It's time for the Doddcast. Dennis the Menace. That's me! Y'all ready for this? They say you should never begin anything with uh, an apology, but I do want to excuse my lack of content over the summer months. I was away in Chicago for the summer living the inverted commas American dream. So Trump thankfully opened his doors to me, which meant I was able to experience firsthand the biased nature of American society at the moment being tall white and a tall white Irish man. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much folks for tuning in again to the Dodcast. It's actually exactly a year now since we actually I began this creative form of mine. To give you all, I suppose, some of a an, in, an insight into the thoughts, ideas, interests, and, and desires which go on in my convoluted head. And to be honest with you, I really did procrastinate over this episode. It's entitled Why I Do a Podcast, but it's going to be a pretty heavy one. I think it's one that you really will appreciate and have a better understanding of why I do what I do. So some of the things that we'll be speaking about in this episode, as I said, I'm going to give you the reasons why I actually do a podcast itself. The interesting experiences I had this summer, I had some very, very um, interesting um, meetings, to say the least, and what I suppose I learned from them. And also, I'm going to talk a little bit about mental health in this episode, which I think is very topic. It's been topic for the last number of years, but it's great that sort of the destigmatization of it has, is only starting to starting to happen now at this point in time. So yeah, as I said, I was away in Chicago for the summer. A fantastic experience altogether. I worked for a medical device company as well as working in an Irish bar. Um, which afforded me the opportunity to, to, I suppose, make as much bloody cash as I could for those who don't know me. I'm, I'm back in college at the moment, so <clears throat> trying to get a bit of money together to, to fund that, um, as well as obviously have a good time over there. Um, it was one of the things really that sort of struck me when I came back home was, wow, Dennis, <laughs> the summer that you just had, it looked amazing. It looked phenomenal, fantastic for obviously everyone who had seen the stories that I was putting up on Instagram and um, whatever else, then they had my activity on Facebook. And it's something that I suppose wanted to speak about with regards to kind of perception versus reality, because in truth, (laughs) the first couple of months were not as glamorous as those may have uh, envisaged. I was was, uh, working over 80 hours a week. It was one week I actually worked 90 hours between the two jobs. And I was sleeping in a couch also for the first two weeks. Thankfully, I was lucky to get accommodation then temporarily in for July and August, sort of one one month off type type uh, type um, arrangements. But the the first month really was 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 was, was rough going. It was it was tough going. Um, we got through it thankfully because kind of so I suppose I just took that sort of you know pull your socks up and get on with it sort of approach, which was the only you know I knew what needed to be done. Um, but it's, it's, it's true, really, really, truly, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was was tough. It was difficult. It was tough because you were going from one job. So essentially to just to give you a very quick lowdown of, on how my, or what my day entailed, it was essentially, I'd 
wake up from a crusty couch at around half seven, go to work around eight, half eight, I'd work the day, and then finish up around five o'clock, and then from five to half five, I'd use that as my opportunity to commute to the Irish bar, where I'd then work the evening shift from half five until close, which was half one. So it meant I wasn't getting home till around half two, maybe three o'clock, which meant that I was only getting around five and a half hours sleep. Now, this episode is not about, oh, poor me. It's just to give you sort of a bit more of an insight into, you know, maybe what I was portraying on social media, maybe... I should have been showing you the the true um, American dream, as I said, inverted commas, that I was actually living at that at that point in time, because all I was giving you was the glitzy and glammy experience. Um, and it's something maybe that we'll talk about about a little bit later. But I mean, it, it doesn't take a genius to, to recognize that the vast majority of people who are who are on Instagram, it's 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 just an avatar of themselves. It's it's not their actually true self. It's what they want to portray to the world. It's what they see as their perfect image, as that perfect self. So that surely is only about 20-30% of their actual true personality. Um, and it was something I became a lot more aware of over the summer. And I always said, you know, this 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 podcast is about optimistic realists. And after talking to Jack Cavan, I became more aware of me actually needing to be more like an optimistic realist and more real to myself. So, as I said, this kind of fake avatar that I was sort of exposing on social media was probably only about 20, 30 percent of actually my true personality, true personality, and was not actually showing the creaks within myself you know it's fine to be happy and larry happy as larry and you know eternally positive constantly but that it's 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 not really actually sustainable people can't be high on life at every time 24 7 at every second of, of, of the day it's just it's 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 not sustainable and to be able to acknowledge that there will be points in, in our life and points in time and even during the day that you will feel sad for certain reasons um, and to be able to acknowledge that it is a, a state of mind and that you will overcome that. But I think it's also important to maybe portray that on social media so you don't you know, show that everything is happy and dandy and Larry as, 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 as it is all the time because what happens is another person goes online, they see this, why am I happy? It then exaggerates their sadness as well as the other person who's just literally put it up and you know tries to portray this image themselves when invariably they're actually probably sad themselves just hoping that they'll you know make that 100 200 threshold for likes or whatever they're looking for so yeah it was well and truly back to reality when i got back to um to belfast to start my uh, degree again and I'll be honest with you, I, the level of drinking that I was doing over the summer was excessive, to say the least. I, um, it, 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 I was using it as um, an outlet to be able to essentially lose my mind, to kind of release from any sort of like tension or stress that was ever going on. And this wasn't something that I just used within Chicago, but it was just exaggerated probably during that time because it allowed me to... It was probably more, I don't know, acceptable for me, for me, kind of out of country to do something like that. But as I said, it made me more aware of um, 
my my relationship, the kind of the, the relationship that I have with alcohol and the possibly tumultuous sort of relationship that I had. So when I actually came back from Chicago, I decided that I was going to do a 30-day um, sobriety test, essentially. So I was going to hold myself for 30 days, which I hadn't probably done. I was trying to think back exactly when have I last went 30 days without actually drinking. And to be honest with you, I tried it there about 18 months ago to do a dry January. That did that failed miserably. Um, so to be honest with you, I don't think I've went off 30 days, which is a terrible thing to say since the age of, say, 19, when I actually started college for the first time. Um, the level of sort of amnesia from nights out was horrible the level of anxiety that I was that was that was experiencing not just before I went to Chicago but also during Chicago as well it was something that I wanted to sort of prove to myself that I actually was able to do this so uh I'm what if it's day 20 I keep saying I'm day 26 I sound like someone from AA day 26 now uh which is great and I and I, I am honestly f- feeling the world of good I advise anyone or suggest anyone who's thinking of possibly doing this challenge for for 30 days do it give it a go see how you get on the i've never felt honestly so mentally strong and being able to sort of wake up and it's 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 so so strange like you wake up on a saturday sunday morning and you're surprised that you don't have a hangover when everyone else around you is absolutely suffering so after coming back to college i enrolled myself in a module called arts in health this is a student-selected component. It's, an, it's like an elective sort of thing. Um, but one of the parts of this was a creative writing piece that we did. Um, really beneficial. Uh, it was really, really interesting to see kind of what sort of came up within or from your subconscious. I'm going to play that sound that you hear now in the background is the sound that she initially played to us and we were to sort of come up with the ideas or connotations of what exactly we thought this sound was. And I'll tell you now, it's, what it is actually is, it's the fetal sounds in the th- third trimester of pregnancy. So relatively soothing. Um, and what it's supposed to do is bring up sort of ideas or thoughts, interests, desires, aspirations that you may potentially have that are in your subconscious. One of the focal points or features that came up for myself, obviously, doing this 30-day was around you know alcohol and this is a little piece that I wrote um, which I'm going to read to yourselves now my favourite place at night frankly I thought it was the disco floor booming beats flashing lights a volatile liquid coursing through my veins lost in that moment lost in that second but it all comes crashing down and crashing down it does and that dark place gets even darker, scarier, full of childhood monsters, which have risen from the dead and they're coming to get you. Toss, turn, side to side. There's no escaping. This is it. This is the end. Or so it feels. Who was I with? What did I say? Please just bring me back to that moment, to that second. But night turns to day and day turns to night. A continuum. Does this need to stop? Bring me back to that place. But only bring me back for now. So my drinking was always something that I needed to get a handle on. It was sort of going out of control a little bit, especially for the level that I was doing near the end of Chicago. Um, And this was, as I said, piece that I wrote, um, which 
succinctly kind of I think it explains a lot of people, not just myself, but a lot of young people's uh, relationship with alcohol and that sort of excessive nature where they're able to sort of lose themselves, those weekend warriors. And it was really, to be honest with you, a lot of my close friends um, and family that also said to me, you know, Dennis, why do you drink? You, you don't need drink. It, it, this is this kind of social crutch that I internally had within myself that I felt as though I needed drink to have a good time or to be that person that everyone loved. But <laughs> the reality is, I, I always say it, 80% of the, the issues or troubles that I've had within my life is due to this is normally because I've ended up consuming alcohol in some shape or form. Whatever about myself, having a, a great night. I don't know if anyone else would enjoy Dennis at full flight and not remembering half his night. And I wanted to get to a stage where I was able to go on nights out and not feel as though I need a drink in my hand to be able to socialize or be able to have a meaningful conversation because invariably you're going to end up having a meaningless conversation with someone. It might be deep, but it'll be meaningless because you're not going to remember it in the morning if you end up having these excessive amounts. And that's what was happening. It really was what, what was happening. I, I, I couldn't tell you who I was speaking to the night before. I couldn't tell you, you know, what I was saying, where I was. And it was, it was scary, you know. It, it kind of even touches off the, you know, the male privilege that, that, that we have that you are able to get to that level of drunk and then feel safe or secure. Like the vast majority of people, um, women specifically, cannot get to that level because it puts them in a vulnerable state. And I don't think that's extre- that's very fair for me to think that I am able to, you know, just lose myself because, you know what, nothing's going to happen. There's going to be no repercussions or consequences. So it is something that I needed to, to tackle. But this period coincided quite nicely with me also completing a module called Arts and Health. Uh, this was a student-selected component that we do at the start of the year, and this explored the abstract idea of allowing chronically or critically ill patients to express themselves through art and creation. It provides an alternative medium for self-expression, and that, that invariably, I suppose, leads to a greater understanding of them and their medical conditions. We spent some time in the region-acquired brain injury unit uh, just outside Belfast. Um, it was it was strange because I was in a, in a dreary, kind of depressed uh, mood, unsure why I was feeling like this. <clears throat> and I'm, to be honest with you, I was so bloody embarrassed when I met some of the patients there. Now these, these, these people are after suffering from life-threatening, debil- debilitating illnesses, and each and every one of them had smiles on their faces when meeting and greeting us. And we painted uh, with the with the patients there. On, um, we were painting the the tiles of the roof, um, which would be placed on the roof for the less mobile patients to have something stimulating to look at while they were lying on their beds for large stints of their day. And speaking to some of the patients there, they they gave me personally a very valuable insight into. Uh, into something like painting and how it aids the, the recovery process. They expressed the initial importance of uh, recovering from the illness and explained how effective something like painting, which you, you, you would expect would be kind of like another tedious process, actually removes time from the equation. 
the I suppose the mechanism of stroking a brush to create a common art piece um, allowed for social cohesion between the two of them and also engaged engagement which invariably enhanced their levels of uh, esteem and general mood but really the main point they tried to get across to to myself but also the, the rest of our team was the importance of the process and never never really focusing too hard on the actual end goal because invariably that will lead to you becoming impatient and appreciating that appreciating that moment um, and allowing the use of color to kind of take over you um, and allow for a greater appreciation of life itself now i know you're probably saying to yourselves what has this got to do with your drinking whatsoever dennis but this period was also a extremely transformative time for me it meant that I was able to recognize that I wasn't able to really truly appreciate the here and now, that I was always looking too far in advance and always wondering, you know, what the end goal would look like, which meant that I was rushing into things and not actually giving my whole dedicated, committed um, self to that moment or that second in time. And when you end up looking too far forward, <clears throat> it means that the small moments don't get enough importance. And it is these small moments which end up making up life. And it was the realization that these patients had. Their recognition was what they truly wanted to impart onto us. And I suppose this was done then through the medium of art and creation. And for us to then realize and recognize how lucky we truly are, as I said, walking in with grumpy because just for the sake of being grumpy, understanding that there's no reason or need to be that <laughs> we're so, so lucky to be able to even take these steps into the place, to be able to meet these types of people. And this invariably leads to happiness. It's the recognition, the realization, the self-awareness which leads to happiness. So when I end up going back on the drink, I know that it won't be an issue and a problem because I'll be able to enjoy the drink that I'm having at that moment in time, enjoy the music that I'm listening to, enjoy the person that I'm speaking to, because I know that that is what makes the difference at the end of the day, because the awareness of the here and now and the ability to appreciate that moment is truly what matters most. Now, if you are still with me at this uh, stage, I hope you don't think that this is the way the podcast is going to go for, for the foreseeable future. And that said, I'm now going to give you the reasons why I initially decided to take up and start this podcast a year ago. I know there's plenty of people who probably think or feel it was... There was a sort of narcissistic side to it. And to be honest with you, to put up my hand, maybe there possibly was. But the level of um, growth I've had, I think, within the last year has been phenomenal. From, um, I suppose, having my first relationship, true relationship for the first time, uh, my, my summer experience in Chicago, being exposed to critically ill patients, has really just put everything in perspective for me to allow me to appreciate what I have and appreciate this moment more. My favorite thing in life really is to 
meet new people and create new different experiences. And the podcast really has facilitated that. It's 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 acted as a as a forum or a platform for me to reach out to people which I otherwise may not have. I've met a wide array and variety of people who I've been absolutely privileged to say have been on my show and to speak to about again a wide array of topics. You talk about the law of attraction. You talk about uh, love. You talk about death. You talk about there's so many things. There's such a, a wide array, um, and it's one of the things I struggle with to try and define you know, what this podcast truly is about, because really, how can you sort of nail down one particular type of person into one specific thing? Okay, you can categorize them and say, oh, this person is a rugby player, but it's so multidimensional. There's so many other things going on in the background to just sort of put them under an umbrella term. And really, it's it's through others that we really truly grow um, and become more aware of different outlooks. I know for an absolute fact, when I meet a person who reminds me of myself and maybe there's some less desirable t- traits that they have, <laughs> immediately I try to work on those and and eradicate them from my actual person. And you also, I suppose, get a wider perspective, which is going to lead to more open-mindedness. Again, not to refer back to it constantly, but really is something that I truly believe America is suffering from at the moment is the level of narrow-mindedness is is mind-boggling. Because they're so self-sufficient within their country, it means that they don't need to go to other lands and experience new cultures And because of that, they become unfortunately ignorant to the fact that there's such a bigger and better world out there. And unfortunately, the the lockdown that, that their president has at the moment within the country, not just walling out people, but also walling in their own people so they actually can't experience other cultures and true lands, is kind of sad, to be honest with you. You know, I started off this podcast and I really wasn't exactly sure, you know, what I was what I was truly at. And it was a true bootstrap model. You kind of just got up and got on with it. But it was only until I started to get messages from people, personal messages telling me, you know, how much value they actually were getting from these episodes was really the, the the most reward one of the most rewarding things that I had ever experienced in my life. It was comparable to winning massive rugby matches or you know getting into college. It honestly is truly up there. I, 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 I even now I'm sort of speechless trying to explain to you how how what this rewarding feeling really truly felt like. Um, I suppose you could use an analogy of enjoying a meal or going to the cinema to, to, with someone. You know, y- y- it's very, very difficult to, to try and enjoy some, you know, a comedy movie by yourself. You're not going to just laugh by your own. It's much easier to laugh when you're with another person. Um, and I think this podcast allows me a platform to speak to yourselves. And as I said, I know there is probably some things that you think well I'm not too sure about that but 
you, you of course take everything with a pinch of salt but I, I hope that you do kind of truly see the value of maybe some of the ideas that I have or I portray to you and you can kind of objectively look at them either agree or disagree um, and maybe form your own opinions from them I'm very very fortunate as well the podcast community is a very very kind one it allows for a single person any person at all to speak their mind on a topic that they may not fully understand or know I'm not telling you that I'm an expert in anything or any of the the things that I have spoken about in this podcast uh, full stop but I enjoy the fact that I still am able to voice my opinion um, and hear from yourselves and, 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 and let me know exactly what you take from these, these, these episodes um, in comparison to say something like Twitter where it's just over and back constantly people slating each other here and there um, the podcast community is, 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 is a very very kind one I find it so, 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 so difficult to actually follow sometimes what's actually going on in my head. I I don't know if you, any of you guys listened to the Elon Musk episode with Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> an interesting guy, to say the least, Elon Musk. But what something that really kind of resonated with me was, was his sort of constant flickering that was going on in his brain of ideas or you know, things, and I sometimes, not to compare myself to Elon Musk now, because we're literally in such different stratospheres, <laughs> but, you know, it's this constant sort of chatter in the back of my head of, of these ideas that I'm trying to make sense of, these simple musings, and the podcast really gives me um, a forum to sort of make sense of actually what's going on in my head. It's very, very therapeutic to act to actually write down what is going on and to try and actually make sense. And once you start to sort of speak it aloud, it, it really actually starts to sort of solidify, solidify. And you know then if you're actually talking gobbledygook or if some of, some of it actually is of of value. But also very importantly, it allows for for my own for sort of personal growth. It's 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 very very exposing to you know put yourself on such a public platform and domain like having your own podcast channel. But I think there really is at this point in time in life a real strength in vulnerability to be able to sort of recognize and acknowledge that yes, you know what, I'm putting my hand up here. I am putting myself out here and I am absolutely vulnerable but please recognize those insecurities and recognize that it's actually okay to be insecure that you don't have to create a mask or as I was talking about previously that avatar which you need to hide behind which is only about 20-30% of your existence and that it's okay to fail or fall off your horse or fall off your bike and that's what allows for as I said personal growth it's very, very important to talk about these issues and even the deep ones. And that's what really brings you closer to to people. I think for people who probably don't have any clue or notion about me whatsoever, only, only see me uh, from my Instagram, I think if they actually listen to one or two episodes, they get more of a deeper understanding of 
who I am as a person and what I am about. And during my time in Chicago, I met a number of extremely interesting people. But there seemed to be a common a commonality around the people I was meeting. And I, I don't know if that was through serendipity. I don't know if that was... I do truly believe that everything happens for a reason. But for some reason, it was all these sort of very interesting but quite fucked up individuals who at some stage in their life were finding were finding the going tough and don't get me wrong these guys are girls weren't down and outs one particular it was a couple that I was actually living with um and the the girl was um crippled with anxiety she was also uh, clinically depressed she was on a, a number of um, antidepressant medication and she was uh, self-treating herself this all became very very um, aware to me within the first week uh, you know having conversations I actually cooked the, the guys uh, at dinner just to sort of get to know them again talking about sitting down at the dinner table you know as this podcast thought about invoking the art of conversation sitting down and getting to know them a little bit better about you know what they're about what makes them tick and it was a Wednesday evening um, and we were having a, a pretty in-depth conversation about uh, it was it was literally about everything you know, we were speaking about Trump we were talking about Ireland my experience of the country so far and we were talking then um, about their relationship and then we started to talk about sort of she started to speak about her issues that she's dealing with at the moment with regards to not being able to leave the house because she's so crippled with anxiety and afraid that the walls of the room that she'll come to in a bar or restaurant will literally come 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 up come up come come down in front of her um and she was self-medicating herself with not just antidepressants she was also taking uh cocaine a, a large excessive amount of cocaine i i just could not get over the the way she was doing this in, in such a sort of nonchalant way uh, on a Wednesday evening while ironing her clothes um, it really scared me <laughs> I thankfully I was only there for the month of July so it, it was fine but I, I made sure to obviously get out of there as quick as I could but it was the first time I had experienced the really destructive nature of of of, of, of drug usage um it was it was it was crippling this girl um and her personality and everything else was falling falling down around her and it was only herself who was who was actually going to be able to pick herself up and get out of it but at that point in time where i found her it it, it wasn't it wasn't coming and it really scared me it, it 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 truly did it scared me she said she was she was she was getting therapy and getting counseling at the time um I'm working towards um, a better her, a better version of her, as she called it. But how did it happen that I ended up living with a girl like this? What initially drew me to this couple? And why was I here? 
these were all questions that were just fluttering around my month, my mind for the month of July, unable to answer any of them until I was actually able to take a step back and start to actually question some of my thoughts and belief processes which had been formed and amalgamated over time, years upon years. And was it possibly the case that I maybe needed help too? There was another fella that I, I met um, and he was a 25-year-old self-made millionaire essentially. He uh, had created a startup at the age of 21, 22 with one of his essentially college roommates and it was massively successful. He at the age of 25 sold the company and is going through a regenerative generative process himself. The reason he sold the company was because he essentially had a mental breakdown. He took a lot of the responsibility on his shoulders and essentially, as he put it himself, did not recognize the potential in other people and meant that he ended up micromanaging the vast majority of his company. This meant that relationships were destroyed and invariably it led to the destruction of the company also. A really, really interesting case, a really, really interesting story. And he was him who, again, opened my eyes to the positive and the beneficial effects of actually getting therapy and and being treated by a person by literally just exposing yourself and revealing yourself fully to another person and being able to recognize that you know what I am imperfect and yes other people are imperfect and no I'm not going to be able to do this all myself I uh, yes I am going to to look for that helping hand at some point in time I am not invincible and these are all very very common themes and traits of what I also saw within myself at a, at a certain period of time only within the last year I have a list of negative traits that I um, wrote out when I came home that I wanted to sort of repair or make a little bit better And I remember one of my friends at the time back a couple of years ago said just outright, he said, Dennis, do you know what you are? You're a narcissist. And I remember at the time being really, really, really offended by it. And, you know, I always thought that, you know, things don't really offend me. Look, sure, I went to boarding school. That was a constant to back between the lads. It was just a constant slagging match. Um, But I suppose it truly did. And you know what? He was right. There was a certain level of truth in what he actually said. And it was only when I actually was able to sort of deconstruct the way I responded to what he said was where I found the truth within it. So yes, I responded in a negative light because potentially, yes, you were right. Yeah, do you know what? There's a vulnerability and insecurity within me that I need to feel as though I'm narcissistic, as if the world revolves around me. And it was a scary one to to recognize and consider because not just did you think the world revolved around you, it also meant in negative circumstances and situations you thought that people were, you know, talking about you or people you know didn't want to come to your party because they just didn't like you instead they might have had something else on but because the world revolved around you it meant at all points and periods of everyone else's life you were involved and part of which is totally self-centered to even suggest or even think and the snowflake generation that we have coming out at the moment 
who are sort of forging their personalities on social social networks like Instagram particularly are left extremely exposed because they've been grown up to believe that they yes also are the center of the universe because their parents literally adorn and worship the the ground that they stand upon it means that when they then go online and they realize sort of how insignificant they are as well as everyone else around them it it of course is going to end up making them feel a little bit hollow inside and then when they actually end up then getting uh, a negative comment uh, about something you know potential bullying online then it's it's insidious it's it's a cha- it's a it's a negative chain reaction which will unfortunately invariably lead in their uh, implosion unless it's not caught on time so as a trial i decided to reach out to the services within Queen's University of Belfast to see if I could get some sessions to speak to an objective person and talk to them about maybe some of the things that were going on in my head. And this was to... This is the reason why I said that this episode was going to be a little bit difficult to, to talk about because it shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be because I want to destigmatize people being able or feeling able to go and talk to someone about their issues and about their problems as big or as small as they actually are now me in comparison to someone else who may be possibly crippled with fear anxiety and depression not unable to leave the house is completely separate to what i am but at the same point in time i also have the same right to be able to use a service like this and just see if it actually has any beneficial effects And I honestly cannot stress to you how beneficial this has been to me uh, and to my own person. It has really revolutionized my outlook on life, the way I see things, the way I see how other other people may envisage things that they do, things that they see, and that the world doesn't fucking revolve around me. Now, cognitive behavioral therapy, or more commonly known as CBT, is a so it's mechanism or framework that is being rolled out by uh, uh, the vast, vast majority of psychologists for the treatment of anxiety and depression and has been shown to be clinically beneficial in both cases. So... It's a it's a hot topic. It's a hot word that everyone has been hearing. I want to sort of again break down the meaning and give you a bit of an idea of what it's truly about. It's it's really about reframing your thinking to allow for a, a more rational thinking framework, so that your initial thoughts don't end up becoming negative feelings, which means invariably that you'll have negative actions or consequences because of that. So changing the way your brain sort of thinks and functions and how it's always functioned over the last number of years. Professor Steve Peters is a consultant psychiatrist 
who specializes in optimizing the functioning of the brain. And he wrote a book called The Chimp Paradox, The Mind Management. Um, and this essentially is a blueprint of preventing you becoming a slave to your own emotions. So it essentially says that we have two types of brains within our own head. We have the chimp brain, which is actually five times more powerful than the human brain. The chimp brain acts on impulse and acts on emotion instead of the human brain, which is reason, logic, thoughts. Um, and you know, just because you feel sad doesn't mean that everything around you is negative and falling apart. Sadness is a common part of a person's day, month, year, or week, day, month, week, or year. Um, and if you begin to sort of rewire the way that you potentially look at certain circumstances, talking with regards to cognitive behavioral therapy, this will allow for a better sort of outcome within your life um, if you go into a situation thinking negatively or maybe that a person negatively views you it'll end up being a, invariably a self-fulfilling prophecy you, you know what I mean you're, you're not a mind reader but if you go in thinking oh this person hates me and you act as though the person hates you might you're gonna act extra kind or extra nice to them then they're going to just end up taking you for a ride and and treating you the way that you essentially see yourself. So it's a matter of nipping that in the bud and and firstly reassessing and reevaluate reevaluating yourself as a person and asking yourself truly who and what am I as a person. But one of the lists or pieces that the person that I spoke to gave me was it was it was a thing called cognitive distortions, which is essentially ways that your your mind essentially fucks you up. Um, and there's a few pieces that I've sort of highlighted out, which are very sort of um, apt in a lot of the ways that I actually think so one of them is is all or nothing thinking which would be seeing things in in either black or white um so if your performance you know just falls short it, it essentially says that you then see that performance um as a complete failure that you are a complete failure so for me just to put it into perspective you know didn't get medicine three or four times around and every single time that this happened I constantly used to look at myself and say you're a complete failure it's a this you're a total failure <laughs> that's not beneficial to me or to anyone in an attempt to try and achieve the goal that they're trying to get so sort of eradicating that kind of way of thinking there's also the overgeneralization of things where you see a negative event um, as a, as a never-ending pattern. You see that you know one thing goes wrong. <laughs> I have this silly thing about the Friday the Thirteenth, 
uh, and you're nearly waiting again like sort of self-fulfilling prophecy you're nearly waiting for something bad to happen and if, it's like if you're looking and waiting for something bad to happen invariably it's going to end up happening so just remove yourself remove that from your psyche mind reading and i briefly spoke about this where you conclude that something or someone is is, is reacting negatively towards you and you don't actually end up, you know, checking that or testing that assumption. So it's 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 saying that essentially, you know, narcissism, I suppose, within myself that I think, oh, this person must be thinking about me. It's all about me, la la la. And you have a negative sort of point of view or opinion about yourself at that point in time, which means it's going to personify itself through the way you look at that person. If you get me, I know that's that's a little bit kind of intricate. I hope you're somewhat following what I'm what I'm kind of saying here. Emotional reasoning, where you assume that your negative emotions necessarily reflect the way in which you really are. So I feel, therefore, I must be true, and that touches off cognitive behavioral therapy more than anything. It's 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 a, it's a it's a cyclic process where if you feel negatively so if you sort of sort of first think uh, something which ends up making you feel negative about it then you pick up something that that ends up being negative it's 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 a, it's a, it's a it's a cyclic process because you're going to end up having the same thought which will kind of set it sort of a, conclude that yes this thought was correct because this negative thing has happened which means that I should feel this way and if you constantly end up feeling this way inappropriately so you know of course there's appropriate times to be you know happy or sad or um you know experiencing a certain emotion but when you're inappropriately experiencing a certain emotion it's 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 going to it's going to ruin and destroy your life so let me just say at this point i am absolutely no expert whatsoever but all i can say at a personal level this helped me it helped me change the way and rewire and reframe the way that I, I, I look at people and the way they potentially even look at me and to sort of not be so hard on myself, to be able to take, take things with a pinch of salt and be able to sort of embrace the ambiguity of life and enjoy the experience of life living in the here and now in this moment. And this is a nice segue to talk about meditation which is something that uh, it's something that I, I tried to I was doing but unconsciously doing or subconsciously doing maybe through my practice of yoga and at the end of your yoga sessions for men, anyone who's familiar you do a thing called savasana which is uh, a deep rest and allows you to appreciate the practice that you have just performed throughout your yoga but it's during this time that it was it allowed me to be very very really really there and 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 that and present at that point in time and being present means to acknowledge yourself and to recognize that you are imperfect and that it's okay for any fuck ups that you had or may have in the future you are the same as everyone else lying around you and everyone else lying around you is the same as yourself and it's only through this practice that it allowed for a deeper appreciation um 
it was only when I actually stopped doing it that I that I ended up getting back into the rat race that we only know life as that achievement is only by acting and doing and referring back to the importance of the process and not the end goal through the transformative stages of completing a module like arts and health it allowed me to recognize the importance of 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 you know going through the motions and 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 and, and appreciating the motions at that point and period of time a lot of irish people come from the school of thought or the school of hard knocks and thought that to deal with any say mental issues or complications you may be dealing with just even if it's after having a heavy session you go out and you exert yourself physically through activity i.e sports and exercise to allow you to to give you that sort of mental release now I don't know if that is truly beneficial to all people. Yes, yes, sport has massive, massive benefits to um, every person. But for someone who may be, may be less mobile, that's not always the answer. So you need to have maybe more um, constructive techniques to allow themselves to overcome possibly the demons that are going on within their heads. And through CBT or through the rewiring and restructuring of your trail of thought it allows for this but recognize it's going to take time to change your trail of thought to change your thinking because you only know what you have been thought to know over the vast majority of your years so you to use another analogy of adding pieces and bits to your armor to make yourself look as though you're infallible and to try and cover up any chinks that potentially may be present and never fully feeling as though that you have complete coverage when exposing yourself and revealing yourself fully actually allows for true understanding of yourself as a person and understanding comes through other people understanding what you are about you yourself are not going to be able to take off the armor it's going to take time it's a process and you're going to need help from others and it's a matter of being able to recognize that you should ask others to help you and assist you in taking off these large layers of armor that you've been building up through many, many years. So ladies and gents, we've come to the end of this podcast today and started to, to give you a synopsis of sort of what I've covered today uh, in, in snippets. I'm going to kind of very, very succinctly kind of lay out to you what I hope you'd li- I'd like, what I'd like you to take away from this uh, podcast episode today. So one of the quotes that I had over the summer was the grass is always greener and it's something that you always hear about you know oh god that fella has a better or Jesus that girl has better looking hair than me or something like that but the quote was actually never finished for me it's the grass is always greener but only where you water it now that means that everything worth having in life is going to take work and if you if you rely on the externalities to make you happy 
you invariably will never really be internally happy. So don't invest your time on external things. Try and promote and create happiness from within yourself. Recognize that life is a journey and it's not at all about the destination at all. Appreciate the here and now and focus on the process as I refer back to those patients in the brain injury unit as we uh, painted with them. The end goal is not always and never will be the most important thing. Because really, the past always fills us with regret and the future fills us with anxiety. So all we can do is control the controllables and live in this moment and this second. Recognize that it's okay not to be okay and that talking to others really does help. So ask for that help, ask for that helping hand. I hope some of the techniques that I presented uh, today will allow you to become a bit more aware of yourself and what actually makes you tick as a person. And, and it was something that I always fail to be able to do or recognize that every person in this world was born equal and is equal. You are not more special than anyone else. If you think that someone else is more special than you, you will then invariably think you are more special than someone else. So please just try to dispel any of these inherent biases that you actually have in your head. Every single person, tr please try and give every single person the benefit of the doubt because they deserve it and most certainly you deserve it too. So if you are to take away anything from this podcast today, or if it's helped you to become more aware of something that you'd like to change about yourself, well, good. But recognize that this is going to take time and work. But this time and work is going to be invaluable time spent. Becoming more aware of yourself and not getting caught up in the moment is something extremely difficult, it's something that I've struggled with and it's only, as I said, become aware of in the last couple of months. Me being a huge extrovert means that I'm hyper-stimulated in, 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 in the presence of a lot of people or in company. And it's a technique that I was taught from the counsellor was to wear an elastic band, which kind of keeps me present in that moment. So when I feel that my emotions are kind of becoming hyper-stimulated and kind of I'm running away from myself, to just flick the elastic band and bring it back to your awareness and watch you essentially just becoming more aware and coming back to those kind of anchors that you have within yourself. The direction of this podcast is something that I've pondered over for an extended period of time and is the reason why I haven't released uh, a lot of content over the last couple of weeks um, because I wanted to really nail down what this podcast actually truly is about and to answer that question I needed to find out what I'm truly about as a person. So I'm a very, very simple person. I've went down to a simplistic point of view. What am I doing in my life? What are my interests? Who am I interested in? So it's going to be going, it's going to have a more health-related and medically-orientated uh, focus. Speaking more with regards to kind of psychological and mindset-based uh, paced things. Uh, and, and attempting to try and give you guys the tools to make you a better person. 
these are just things that I've picked up over time. I'm literally just a postman in this scenario. This is not concepts or theories that I've created myself. This is just something that I kind of a swing on things that I'm trying to impart onto you because this is what's made me better as a person. And then finally, it's also a domain to allow me to speak openly and honestly about myself and to be able to to own my insecurities, as Paul Dermody would say, a fellow podcast friend, to be able to recognize and appreciate that there is actually a strength in opening up and portraying these insecurities because invariably there's another person who's going to be suffering from them the same. At this point in time, I would really like to thank all my loved ones. Um, They saw a side of me that I didn't really even recognize myself a while back, and they were extremely patient when others really decided to give up. I wasn't, I sort of still am quite a strong personality. I'm a strong-minded individual who can be overpowering at the best and also at the worst of times. But within the past year, I've become so much more self-aware and been able to confront my insecurities head on, which was creating this fake persona of myself. And they've allowed me to become more true to myself. So without naming names, because I know you know who you are and who I'm talking about, I just want to thank you so, so much for your time and for your love. You really will never know how grateful I am. And I also will always love you. So we're back for the coming year with lots more content to come. And thank you so, so much for giving me your time today and for supporting the podcast over the past year. This creative forum has given me the outlet to express my true self and really look inwards when sometimes it wasn't really comfortable to do so. I'm asking you to please reach out, leave a review on iTunes, please subscribe to the channel and give me a DM if you found this episode beneficial. And even if you think others may benefit from this episode, I really, really would appreciate if you could possibly post it on your story and tag me in it and send it on to someone else. This podcast was never about personal gain. It was all about personal growth and providing value to others wherever I possibly can. This was the Dodcast, folks. Thank you.